rotten motherfucker. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Muscle Hamas Podcast. I'm your host, Dammit Damien. All right, buddies. This week's episode, we bring you yet another special episode of the Muscle Hamas Podcast because this week we're introducing you to American Sharks. That's right. The three-piece rock and roll fucking awesomeness from Austin, Texas. These just these guys just uh, put out their debut album, American Sharks, on the end records. They're currently opening a worldwide tour well, I guess Canada counts as worldwide, right? They're currently opening an Amer- North American tour with The Sword and Clutch. Uh, we met up with American Sharks backstage at the Ogden Theater, Denver, Colorado, on Thursday, November 14th. Unfortunately, The Sword, because of a radius clause, uh, could not play the show and decided to play in Fort Collins instead. But you know what? American Sharks more than filled in that void. These guys were bad fucking ass. Just really solid three-piece heavy metal rock and roll. Very reminiscent of Fu Manchu meets, I don't know, Red Fang meets Turbo Negro for a little extra flavor. Just really fast, tight, hard-hitting rock and roll. And uh, I was blown away. I think a lot of the crowd was blown away. It was a really good show. Uh, their drummer, Nick, has asthma, and he has to get up and walk around after every couple songs. So I'm, I'm sure the altitude was hurting these guys hard. But, you know, other than his asthma and him walking around, you didn't get to notice it, buddies. Um, so we met up with the, these guys before the show, and uh, I got to go backstage at the Ogden Theater, a place I hadn't been in 10 years. Uh, we climbed the spiraling staircases up to the top green room uh, where 10, 12 years ago I interviewed the Bouncing Souls for the very first time. And I did a horrible interview with the Bouncing Souls way back when, but I was like 19, 20. was a, was a little shell-shocked to be meeting my heroes at that time. Hopefully this interview with American Sharks more than makes up for that bad interview I did 12 years ago. Uh, really cool dudes. I'm really bummed that Nick didn't get to hang out and do this interview with us because uh, Nick, other than having asthma, grew up in a very religious household. His father was a pastor. Um, and I, I was just really curious to talk to him about growing up under that veil of uh, religion. But we didn't get to talk about that this week. Uh, maybe next time they come through. Maybe uh, who knows? We'll see what we can make happen. Uh, so, but thanks, thanks to you guys and American Sharks for hanging out. Throw me on the guest list. Uh, bullshitting with me afterwards. I mean, I talked to these guys for a good twenty minutes after the sh- after our interview. Uh, really cool, really solid dudes. Really happy to have met you, and I'm really impressed by this band. Like, I, I don't just interview bands just to interview bands. I interview bands that I like and appreciate and believe are going to go the distance. And believe me, guys, this band's going to go to the distance. Uh, their new album, self titled American Sharks, comes out in September. Came out in September uh, on the End Records, and man, the damn thing last maybe 19 minutes you can listen to this in the shower i don't know it's super fast short sweet just like me in the sack (laughs) right all right guys without further ado let's just go ahead and jump into this interview with american sharks uh before we do that though i always like to play a track off of uh the newest record from the band uh we're going to open it up with the first song on the album because what better introduction to this band than the first song that they chose for the new record this song is called iron lungs it's on american sharks debut album american sharks you can find it now or uh visit american uh, sharks on the internet and find it there Go to MostlyHarmlessPodcast.com. I'll have all the links to American Sharks where you can find them, where you can pick up the record. And uh, please, give us, a little, give us a little love on Facebook, buddies. Subscribe to us on iTunes. You know, Shoot me a little email. I don't mind. I don't mind, guys. I don't bite. I don't bite. I might not ever write you back. Please, send us some love. All right, guys. This is Iron Lungs off American Sharks' debut album, American Sharks. <laughs> 
hanging out uh, at the upstairs backstage green room, even though it's blue, of the Ogden with the dudes from American Sharks. Uh, for the record, who are you guys? What do you do? Just so people at home listening in their cubicles or whatever know who, who the hell's voices they're hearing. Uh, Mike, I uh, play bass and sing. Nice. Will, play lead guitar. Nice, nice, nice. So um, how many weeks have you guys been out on the road with Clutch and the Sword now? Uh, the Clutch and the Sword uh, date started about three weeks ago. Mm. Yeah, it's been about three weeks now. Nice. And then you guys were out for like a week, week and a half before that, right? Went to New York City and had some fun times I read about yesterday. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, you guys have earned yourselves a reputation already as like this this fun-loving party band. Is that uh, like even now, like just reading through all your blog posts, it's like, oh man, we got wasted last night. Oh man, we got wasted last night too. Oh man, we got wasted tonight. Um, Has it been easy or fun? Or has it been hard or is it fun? I don't, I don't, what I'm trying to say is, is it hard work having that much fun? That's the question I'm trying to get out. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Especially the next day. Well, yeah. We, we, were, we were having a lot of fun and uh, partying really hard at, uh, at the beginning of tour before we met up with Clutch. And then uh, we kind of partied so hard that we decided to like, chill out a little bit. We quit... Uh, Quit drinking by the time we left New York for the rest of the tour, so we, okay. haven't, we haven't been drinking this uh, the whole time we've been on the road with Clutch. Oh, that's awesome. Right? I mean, that's that's very professional. With yeah, you guys. totally. We had to get our stuff together. We were we kind of we kind of found that like you know we got I mean partying we would do that all the time any any yeah. you know so I mean it's like we also kind of were like we partied ourselves you know one week in New York if you. Anybody that's listening, if you spend a week in New York, like you should probably already know that it's just madness. Yes, it's like nonstop. It's crazy. There's a lot of shit going on. And if you like to party, then there's a nonstop party you can find every every fucking night. And that can also be bad. Uh, but one of the one of the important things too is that you know we kind of went on this tour. It's a big tour. It's the biggest tour I've ever done. It's you know surely going to be the biggest tour that we'll do for a while. You know, um, you know unless we get to go on tour with. Somebody, you know, really huge. Uh, so this is, you know, a really big opportunity for us. And uh, it's nice to stay sober and kind of be able to really yeah. take it all in and learn. Yeah. It's important to be able to do those things when you're drunk and you're, you know, you're fucked up. You're just <clears throat> going, you, you know, everything's just, just blur. At, at this point, it's like, you know, we're standing on huge stages. Like tonight, the audience stage is huge. It'd be a great crowd tonight. Yeah. I want to be able to suck that in and, and learn from it a little bit. We're playing really well, and people are responding to that. Yeah. Killer. Um, so you guys are a little band from, you know, you're living in Austin now. You're originally from Houston for the most part. Did you ever think you would find yourselves, you know, when you started this little garage band, playing with Clutch in front of, I don't know how many thousand people at this room holds, mm-hmm. but like, what kind of experience are you having doing this big, fantastic adventure? It started out... I mean, it kind of started out more of something that was just fun for us to do. Like, we'd kind of been in other projects and stuff, and this band was sort of a way to release in a lot of ways. It was, you know, we're playing heavier, faster stuff, and so it started, I didn't think, I wasn't thinking, you know, too far in the future whenever we were, um, you know, 
doing stuff five five years ago or so. But then like, you know, once we met up with Nick, we started taking things a lot more seriously. And Nick, of course, is not here. Yeah. Famously. A couple of the interviews I read, he was not in any, either one of them. So, um, One of the things I find a lot very common in here is like, you'll have these guys who were in bands for years that worked really, really, really hard at making it never made it and then started these fuck off bands and then the fuck off bands explode yeah just because it's just for fun Mm -hmm. and of course you mean that's what you just said there right i mean you know i think kind of the idea was that that we've learned uh i know like for me personally i've really learned is that you know you end up having this attitude that you're just like i just don't really give a fuck anymore (laughs) and that ends up being better because it comes with you're more genuine in that respect. Like people will respect you more because they're like, this dude is really rock and roll. Isn't that what rock and roll is? Not really giving a fuck. Like yeah, I don't right. fucking care. I'm just gonna play. What the fuck? I want to fucking play. And if it's fun, it's fun. If you know, it's not fun, I'm not gonna fucking do it. <laughs> and also, your expectations are so low. You just you really can't be let down. <laughs> you're just like, well, fuck it. I mean, you know, who gives a fuck? And then all this great shit happens. You're like, oh, cool. Yeah, totally. Uh, one of the things I'm fascinated with people's origin stories and not ne- not where the band name came from or any of that shit but like where you guys came from as individuals um, I grew up in Shreveport, Louisiana okay um, we went to Dallas and Houston all the time for shows I'm 32 so this was in the late 90s I've been here in Colorado for like 12 years now Houston where you guys originally started was uh, it was a rough town yeah. in the late 90s how is it now, and how how was it growing up in that kind of environment? Or did you grow up in Houston? Well, I grew up. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess I spent my music playing years in Houston. Yeah. I I was born in Austin. I gotcha. Grew up there. Then Will and I lived in Magnolia, which is outside of. That's how we met. Yeah. We went to. Well, yeah, he he, grew, he lived there all along, like since you were little, right? Yeah, I grew up there. Where's I, Magnolia? In reference it's like sixty miles north of Houston. Okay, got it. I know it's the kind name, of but... near the woodlands near Conroe, but. Uh, I moved there and went to junior high and high school there. And then we both moved and whatever anyway. But Houston, yeah. Late 90s Houston, man. That was, you know, that was a... Like numbers, I think. Numbers, was yeah. Fitzgerald's. Yeah, Fitzgerald's. Yeah. Well, that's where we're playing. We're going to be playing Fitzgerald's, actually. Yeah. Uh, it's, a, it was, it's a real, you know, it's, a, it's definitely a real city, you know. It's got that, that city vibe, unlike any other city yeah. in Austin. I mean, in Texas, yeah. you know. Unlike any city in the world, really, it's yeah. it's an interesting, interesting place. Totally. Uh, so, you guys growing up, when when did you first become find music, or when it found you? Did you become obsessed with it? What was your first like obsession, or did I, you have one? I bet that Will and I probably have a very similar story. There was a band from Magnolia called Ultramag, and uh, they're like an emo band. Whenever, like you know, like nineties emo, yeah. like. Sunny day, sunny day. Sounds you know they they were they did like a thing on uh, on Deep Elm you know and yeah. like uh, that was when I because I mean, like I remember like getting it, I started getting into like some different kinds of bands like my sister got this compilation in the mail from this radio station then for some it was like a pop radio station that would play like shit pop music but for some reason they would give out these compilations that were like unheard of bands and like this one that came the magazine was called Huh H U H and one that came had Super Drag on it, uh, Space Hog, and Wesley fucking Willis. Nice. Yeah, Wesley that. Willis Nirvana was on there. And I was like, holy shit. And like, 
so I started like listening to those bands and they weren't like bands that were really on the radio. Uh, and then from there, like my friend, his brother played in this band Ultramag and they were like doing all this shit. And it just, you know, I was like, whoa, there's like a whole fucking world that's not what's on the radio. <laughs> you know, we're like fucking kids. We're just like fucking, Will was even younger. Yeah, how old are you guys now? I'm 31. Okay. Yeah, 27. Yeah, close. Same, same age range. And uh, how about you? Similar story? I, I mean, as far as rock and roll goes, that's, how, music, music that's how it went for me. But both of my parents are musicians. Uh, they're like early musicians. And uh, I grew up playing, you know, every instrument in the house and, uh, and in choirs and stuff like that, yeah. doing stuff like that. And then kind of wanted to find something that my parents didn't teach me how to do or anything. So I picked up guitar because... You know, my, both of my parents never played guitar, and I was like, I'm going to start playing guitar. Yeah. And, uh, and right about that time is whenever uh, I started discovering, like, Ultramag and, and uh, you know, seeing some live music for the first time. It, like, really changed me. I was like the little cowboy back then. It changed me into, you know, doing rock and roll stuff instead. What was the first instrument you learned how to play? Do you remember? Um, or what can you play? I'm sure it was probably piano. Yeah. Um, maybe a recorder. I don't know. Something. So you can play a mean harpsichord. <laughs> <laughs> a mean keyboard harpsichord sound. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not kidding around. <laughs> so, uh, so when did you first pick up a, your first instrument? I was pretty young, I guess. Uh, probably piano. Nice. And then, uh, I was in band. We were both in band. We both played percussion, actually, which mm-hmm. is funny. So drums were, like, the first, like, real instrument I tried to play. Like, So I played drums for a long time, but I never got very good. You know, it's like, there's, like, you could play. I could play drums in a band, but it would have to be, like, I wouldn't, you wouldn't be, like, a, I wouldn't be a professional drummer. It would have to be a band that's, like, we know that we're not going to do anything. You know, we'll just have an okay drummer. Yeah. Got to have a really good drummer, I think, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so I was like, fuck that. And I felt like I was better at writing songs. So I never really got good at any particular instrument. Like the best, you know, it's like I can play all different kinds of instruments and I'm like not like subpar at all of them. I could do it. I'm better at writing songs and singing, you know. So I kind of focused on that. Nice. And then you still have the rhythm because you're playing bass. Yeah. Totally. So there you go. Totally. Um, so you guys have known each other for a long time. Mm-hmm. When did you guys first play music together? Uh, I think I was about... Um, 15. I was probably 15 or 16. <coughs> and, uh, we played in this band together. With Scott? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, jeez, that was a long time ago. I always forget about that. And Mike played drums. I did play drums. I played guitar. We were called Slow Hand. Yeah, we were called Slow Hand. Yeah, it's pretty rad. <laughs> Didn't know that that was Eric Clapton's new band at the time. <laughs> Didn't learn that till later. Yeah. What, when did you guys first get like hooked playing music? Was it first concert, first time playing out? Yeah, for sure. Like I remember, in, I don't know how many shows you went to in Houston. Do you remember like a place called the Mausoleum? It was across from Numbers. No, I think the only two places I went was Numbers and Fitzgeralds. Okay. And I, I saw the Warp Tour the one year I think at. Uh, one of the 
stadiums. I think it might have been um, Astro World. Yeah, probably over there. It was terrible. It yeah. was in '99. It was awful. Anyway, that uh, we mostly went to Dallas because it was three hours versus the four. four oh, okay, yeah, yeah, that makes so, sense. Yep. But occasionally Houston would get that one show Dallas didn't get. Oh, okay. I got it. Yeah. Um, well, I played this show in high school at this at the Mausoleum opening for Ultraman. They're like, we were kids and we played the shittiest music. We had a song called Party Boat <laughs> that went, it really went like, get on the party boat. It was really terrible, but they let us play. And then I was like, it was like my first like real show. I was like, I played on Westheimer. Like, yeah. holy crap. You know, it was a big deal. And I kind of never gave up from there. My dad's always been pretty supportive. Cool. I mean, you know, he's always... Oh, you know, been like, you know. What, what about your parents? Are they supportive of this new rock and roll lifestyle? Yeah, totally. They're uh, they're they're really excited that um, you know that I'm s- sort of on my way to making a living at playing music because yeah. you know that's that's always been their goal and stuff, and you know, being musicians also. So they're really happy that uh, that I'm doing something you know similar. Uh, you know, I don't know how much that, how they feel about the music yeah. exactly, but they definitely support me a lot, and they're real happy. Did they come check you guys out live? See it? They just my parents just saw me play live for the first time really recently, yeah. and it was awesome. They saw me at this uh, at a record release in the record store, uh, but then a few weeks later they got to see us at Emos uh, yeah. East in Austin, and it was like. 1,500 people, so it's a lot bigger show, and it's really cool for them to check it out on a big stage with good sound and stuff. Yeah. They're super excited. Yeah. And it's like, hey, my kid might actually be making it. Yeah. yeah totally. Especially because, like, in Austin, I mean, we had the fan base, you know, yeah. so there was a lot of people that were there also to see us, you know, like, so that helps a lot because there's, like, yeah. people that are, like, you know, wearing our stuff and, like, be, like, singing along and stuff, so it makes us look yeah. like... We're doing a lot better than we are. <laughs> I mean, we are doing, I feel like we're doing fine, yeah. but, you know. My dad came to see us, too, with Clutch and the Sword. We played in Houston, my dad came. It was awesome. My mom just came to see us in Hollywood, also. We played at House of Blues in Hollywood with Clutch and the Sword. My mom was just, oh, man, she's like, you're so famous. You're playing at House of Blues, she brought my aunt and stuff. But anyway, as you'll see tonight in our set, uh, we do some on-stage uh, goofing around. Um, but I always made this character of my mom it's not really how my mom is but yeah. it's like I always talk about her like she's this really bad person and uh, so she had never heard this before and uh, I was just like mom just so you know like everything you see it's, it's all show she's like okay I don't know what's gonna happen I was like just enjoy the show and I did it she loved it so that was hilarious nice that's cool yeah so uh, when you guys made the move from Houston to Austin, was it take the ba- to take this band seriously to make yes. this happen? And then, well, he had already moved to Austin. Yeah, I kind of was having rough times in Houston. Things were getting pretty crazy with night nightlife, drugs, and everything. And I was like, all my buds were dropping like flies. So I was like, I'm gonna get out of here. So I took off for Austin, kind of leaving leaving everything behind, and we. We kind of started to go a little bit stale for a little while because we were trying to do the long distance uh, band thing. And then finally, uh, you know, I met some, some good people in Austin and we decided to, just Mike would move up to Austin and we'd get a new drummer in Austin who's Nick, 
Yeah. And uh, and we just started doing that. And and, and that was what 2009 ish. That was about 2010, probably. Okay. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I uh, well, no. When did I move up there? 20, 2011. End of 2011. Uh, <coughs> it's because the sword. We we were already starting to take it a little more seriously, and I was traveling there a lot. Yeah. But uh, I wasn't that serious still. Like you know, it's, we had always been just partying and everything. It wasn't like I was fully there yet. But then the sword talked to us and expressed interest in taking us on tour, and it was kind of then that we were all like. This is probably gonna. We could probably actually do something if yeah. the sword thinks that we're good enough. Then, you know. So I moved out there too to be with him, and then you know, we kind of went from there. Yeah. So I, I'm not the biggest like metal fan, but I love what you guys are doing. Like, because it's not really. It's it's a little bit of everything. It's mm-hmm. you know, yeah, it, yeah. It, yeah. Oh yeah, we don't consider ourselves to be a metal band yeah. at all. Yeah. It's it's just like it's like all that good like food Manchu and all that mm-hmm. stuff. And I like that you know I, in my research I read that you have a, a huge you know affinity for David Bowie yeah. and stuff like that. Um, and you guys just write good, yeah, exactly. This cell phone case there. You guys uh, basically are like a super fast pop band. Yeah. Like, uh, how do, how does that work? How do you, I mean, you guys just got together to have fun and just hash out simple songs. At what moment did you go? I guess this is working pretty well. I guess when the sword is about to take you out on tour, right? Totally. We started to notice we were gaining a fan base, especially in Austin, which is yeah. you know, I mean, Austin's not an easy city. You yeah. can't just waltz in Austin and be doing shit I mean you know right it's Austin there. everybody wants to go to Austin and make it you know it's one of those cities it's like going to LA and being like oh we're going to so we're in LA yeah. you know it's like yeah right <laughs> uh, but we started to actually build something there and uh, and then the sword was returned on to us and you know I mean they live in Austin they see tons of pants and so that I think it just kind of like we were like oh maybe something is really here you know mm-hmm. uh, you know the pop thing uh, it's just the way that we write. I mean, we yeah. listen to a lot of pop. I mean, like, I don't listen to... I was just, like, talking to somebody the other day, and they were, like, talking about some Slayer album, and I was like, dude, I don't listen to Slayer. And they were like, what? And I was like, I don't fucking listen to Slayer. Sorry, I don't know anything about Slayer. <laughs> like, I just don't listen to it. I, You know, I never got into it. There are some heavy stuff that I do dig. That, well, I used to live with a ska band. They didn't want okay. to be a ska band. They were just... Just ended up somehow being a ska band and every <laughs> yeah. town they show up in it's like have you heard the new real big fish I'm like no we're listening to minus the bear and yeah like, totally you know? but so you think, think about that yeah i mean we just we i don't listen to any metal or anything yeah. we listen to a lot of a lot of pop yeah that's <laughs> weird you know i mean that's ELO. good we listen to elo like non-stop really? oh yeah yeah dude we love electric letter i just did an electric letter orchestra cover band or fourth of july too with full strings and everything. So, I mean, like, we're into shit like that. I love Queen, you know? Like, yeah, yeah, me too. Uh, yeah. But we, but I love Rocky Erickson. So, you know, it's like that plays a big role in, like, the kind of music, you know? Like, there's some heavy shit that we totally dig. And we love, like, heavy fucking ribs. That shit's cool, you know? But it doesn't have to be like a... And we get a lot of shit some, in a lot of the write-ups of our new album. Like, people will be like... It's so short, man. They could have. I love it. Yeah. Made this, you know, the people will be like, they could have done more, and I'm like, no, that's what shitty fucking metal bands do, and that's what we don't want to fucking do. <laughs> we're not that band. Yeah. We're not trying to be a fucking metal band. We're a pop band. Yeah, it's what 19 minutes long. Yeah, totally. Perfect. Yeah, it's like, man, it's great. Yeah. I listen to it on my bike ride to work, and if I if I make it there before the record's over, I know I'm on time. How, yeah. long, how long is the first fucking Beatles record? Yeah. 
You know, I mean, just I'm just I'm just talking yeah. about like straight up. All they were was like straight fucking pop band. Like, I'm not I'm not like a huge like Beatles fan, and Will it's Will's favorite band, but uh, <laughs> no, he hates Beatles. Uh, <laughs> but I just mean like those kind of songs like back then. It was just like boom, dude. It's just like get yeah. to the point. Get a couple catchy choruses and then do solo if you want. Get the point across. It's just fun. Did did your other bands have those? Uh long drawn out songs and this is a retaliation against that or is it just the way you've always written it's the way I've always written right I like that I see mean, there's been different stuff I like I've written long stuff but it depends on what it's for like right. I had a band where, where I would write like rock operas and that was supposed to be like that though you know what I mean like yeah but it, it wasn't supposed, I wasn't trying to drag it out long as it needed to be um, so why you guys have you know been taking it seriously since 2010 the new record just came out this year why the wait why take why take so much time I mean it paid off but any idea we we kept holding off to play our cards right just to make sure we were gonna not waste our first record you know we we took such a long time to record the record and we were so satisfied with it we didn't just want to release it and you know we wanted to make sure everything was lined up right, and we were making the right moves. Yeah, I mean these a lot of these songs exist in various recorded forms. There's like full albums out there that we recorded. Like I know like one friend of mine, Jeff Johnson, has a full American Sharks album that we never put out in like 2008 or something or 2009. <laughs> <laughs> so we just yeah take our time. Those guys are really good about it. I'm more impatient. We finished the record and I was ready to get it out and Nick and Will were like, we gotta hold off, like, because we wanted to get signed, you know, we wanted to like try to move forward. Yeah, and you guys did, you were on the end. Yeah, we're it's, on the it's end. called just the end, yeah. There's another never mind, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um Yeah, what did and then so one of the members of the sword helped produce the record. Brian mm-hmm. Ritchie. And then the uh, one of the other members helped make the new music video. He's our manager. Oh, manager. Sweet. Kyle, yeah. the guitar player. And they've taken you on to your first tour, and you're back on tour with them again. Mm-hmm. I, how in-depth, in-debt are you guys to them now, I guess? Fully. Yeah. A million. Those guys, you know, uh, whatever, people really love that band. They love the sword. Yeah. I try to tell them, I'm like, if you really love this fucking band, I'm like, I, I'll say it on stage a lot. I'll be like, you should know that, like, these dudes are amazing people. Like, so you really like their music, know that they're also equally amazing as people. They are changing our lives for no reason except just to do it, just because they can. Kyle got us signed. Kyle did a lot of stuff for us, and he still is. I mean, he's still working for us day in, day out for no reason, just because he can. And he's like, and I want to. And, you know, we've become great friends. We're family now. But they really changed our lives. And it's amazing. So was that your first like real tour last year when you went out with those guys, or had you guys toured a little bit before that? We had tour. We how many tours did we do before that? Three, four, yeah. three or four. West Coast. West Coast. We always went to the West Coast. Yeah, I, I was surprised. I googled trying to figure out how many times you've been to Denver. But I think this is just your second time, right? Second time. Yeah. Only, yeah. yeah. You guys would kill here if you come through all the time. So you guys should come through all the time. We need to get some, uh, buy some oxygen tanks. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what do you learn from going out on like your first like you know big big tour with a guy a band like the Sword? What do those guys teach you every you know just by hanging out and watching them? You know, I, I have a good answer for that, but. Yeah. I won't go, I've been <laughs> uh, 
I was, I was spacing out. I was thinking about something else. Uh, what well, swimming pools? What are, yeah. What do we think about what? No. What do we learn from? Like, what do you learn from like touring with a band like The Sword? Oh man, we've gotten so much movies. more pro yeah. at uh, a lot of the things we do, you know, setting up and breaking down fast, uh, you know, uh, business side of things we've gotten a lot smarter about. And, uh, you know, things that, that you know, we're, we're changing and we aren't even really trying to thinking about changing we're just growing yeah because we're experiencing these things every single day and so you know it starts to we're just getting better at our job you know mm-hmm. and uh and it's going it's going well you know uh, little things you know as far as you know just music and the way we do things on stage to our merchandise and merch display and everything you know it's like it's all stuff we're learning like we've come a long way in the last year um, as far as all that stuff goes. I mean it's just like the merchandising thing like you said like I mean we had like what one shirt and like you know a 7 inch we'd just be like throw it wherever here we got some crap over here you know now we have like shirts you know we have like an indie merch store now you know we have like learning about things like having a booking agent now and it's like it's, it changes a lot of stuff it's like you know uh, you don't just your friends like can you come play and you're like oh, well I don't I can't just do that anymore and that's that's bad and good uh, but it's good because you know if I want to if I'm 31 years old and I want to be not working at Taco Bell uh, then it's a good thing for me because I need to be finding ways to you know I'm not trying to fucking be a millionaire I want to play rock and roll music but I don't want to have to go home and fucking well, I'm back home for a couple months. Better try to find a job real fast that I could quit. You know, when they're going to be pissed at me. Uh, I want this to be my job. Uh, the other things, you know, I mean, you learn how to carry yourself on stage. I mean, to, so being with the sword was like a huge thing. They were like, they taught us a lot about like getting on stage, like how you present yourself, how you're talking to people, and how you treat people. Then coming with the clutch, it's like another step. Yeah. I mean, these guys are completely self-contained. They they run their their lives is a, is a huge business that's for them and they created that and there's a lot to learn from that there's a lot to learn from stage presence and uh, and how well you play on stage you know we used to not really give a fuck well you fucked up who cares but <laughs> were there any valuable life lessons you've learned about living on the road with these guys like just how to be better human beings tour better or does that just come on your own yeah. <laughs> Shrugging the shoulders. That's a little too big a question. I'm sorry. I mean, we don't get to see, you know, the way Clutch lives on the road, really. They're pretty, uh, you know, they've got their bus and who knows what goes on in there. Um, but, you know, we, we definitely, we definitely learned, uh, I don't know if we've learned from other people but we definitely learned from ourselves like what we have to do to to make it on the road like quitting drinking you know um we're waking up every day and just in a bad mood hungover pissed off for for no reason and then we just get at each other because we're all there in the same van same place and so who else to get mad at except for you know ourselves and it just you know it was a cycle that was you know just we were going in a downward spiral it seemed yeah. and so uh, so that's really you know that's one thing that's changed us 
a lot. Todd, you guys bought the apple. Right? Hmm? <laughs> yeah, the apple's been treating us well. That thing uh, always calms down every situation. <laughs> Just burn one. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I was saying it taught you how to create the apple, right? Didn't oh, yeah. Yeah, Sword taught us how to do this water this water pipe with the apple. So you just put a hole in there. That's one value. <laughs> you know, the lesson we've learned. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, oh, okay. those are the things that they taught us. I mean, you know, uh, you just learn a lot for yourself. Yeah, we learn a lot about our gear every day. You know, when we run into problems with our gear, these are problems that the sword has run into plenty of other times and they know how to fix it immediately. And so now I'm starting to know my gear better than I've ever known it before. Just from little little things that they teach me how to pinpoint problems, you know, right away. And it's been it's been awesome, man. It's uh I can't you know, probably a year and a half ago we probably did a lot of fumbling around on stage and stuff. And now things just run so much more smoothly because we know we do it every night now. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. Dialed it in. Yeah. Um, so I, just the last question to wrap it up. Um, so you guys have been doing this, you know, fairly hardcore since 2010. It's 2013. You're on your second national tour. You're with some giant bands. Does it feel fast to you? Does it feel like, holy shit, I can't believe this is already happening? Or, it feels, or is it just because you're in it day to day. So how does it feel for you doing something like this? If it feels fast and crazy, but I mean, I could even stand it to go faster. Nice, you know, really. Um, s- stuff like that to me seems like it can't go fast enough. You know, we'd like to be doing the biggest thing we can be doing um, at all times. You know, so this is the biggest thing we've ever done as a tour. But <clears throat> you know, we're definitely looking. Uh, looking you know in the future trying to see what else we can do that's going to be the next but biggest thing it's it's kind of nuts um that you, like you say that like about it going fast uh because you know you find yourself like at home you always want you're like i just want to be on the road man i just want to be on the fucking road that's all i want to do and then uh your first two-month tour which is what we're in the midst of right now you're just like holy shit Oh, man. <laughs> and it, it, it does come fast because then all of a sudden you're like, wow, you're like, holy crap, my life just changed. Now it's not anymore just laying in bed at home, playing with my dog and like, you know, talking to my girlfriend and stuff. It's like, now it's like being on the road. I'm going to be on tour a lot. I'm going to be gone all the time. This is what my life is now. It's weird. but And you like this life? Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I always want the longest I've ever done is one month on the road. Okay. Even then, we got I got home from that, and I'm like, I, I don't know what to do with myself. I want to go back. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go. So, um, so what's next for you guys? You guys are about to go home here relatively soon. Mm-hmm. Like, what, the next week? The day after Thanksgiving, we'll get home. Nice. Yeah. I mean, before Thanksgiving. The day before Thanksgiving. Cool. And then uh, what's next for you guys? Anything in the works? Anything planned that you can talk about? Well, we just got a show with Dead Milk, and then we're going to do it when we get home. What? Yeah, we're pumped about that. We're uh, working on a couple other secret surprises that we, to, we can announce uh, pretty soon. We're going to do a, a big New Year's Eve cover show. We're going to be Nirvana for New Year's Eve. What? In Austin, we, these people, they do a big, a big New Year's Eve cover show every year. It's like a different year. Yeah. So we're gonna do that. 
that's basically it for now. I mean, we have everything's in the works right now, so as soon yeah. as it's done, we'll be like, we're doing this now. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, anything else you guys want to throw out there? Throw down for the listening audience. <laughs> Chili. No. Will's nickname is Chili. Chili. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chili and Willie. Since since Nick didn't sit in, you want to tell any bad stories about him? <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's see. What did Nick do? Nick eats a lot of chocolate. Yeah, he <laughs> eats chocolate for breakfast. He goes one day where it was like bright and early in the morning, and he wakes, he comes waking us up. He's like, "Wake up, breakfast downstairs." You know, I'm like, I don't need any fucking breakfast. If I wanted breakfast, then I would have gotten up and gotten my own uh, breakfast. Uh, you know, because I'm a grown up and I would get up and get my own breakfast. But anyway, he's like. Hi, how are you? Good. Oh, yay, water. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Bye. Um, so he was like, uh... <laughs> oh, yeah, so he's like, yeah, we get breakfast. We're like, no, and then he comes back, and he's like, you guys are missing breakfast. And he's got these waffles. <laughs> They're just covered in caramel sauce, and then just covered in chocolate sauce. Sour or whipped cream. And he's just like, it's 8, 8.45 in the morning. <laughs> That's the least, that's the most tame story I'll probably, I've ever told about me. <laughs> well, that sounds good. Well, all right, guys, well, I'll let you go so you can guys get warmed up. All righty. Thanks, guys. Thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, thanks, man. Take the easy party. Well, all right, buddies. Thank you to American Sharks for hanging out and bullshitting with me uh, this fine, lovely Thursday afternoon in uh, Denver, Colorado, the Ogden Theater. Uh, they killed it that night. Clutch killed it that night. Did miss the sword, but that's okay because they're going to be at the Bluebird Theater uh, playing two huge New Year's Eve shows. I bet you both of those are going to sell out, so you should buy your tickets now to see the sword at the Bluebird Theater here in Denver, Colorado. Um, I don't know if you guys can notice. I was sick as hell doing this interview, but uh, I like I say, I believe in this band. I think these guys are going to go places, and I wanted to jump on that bandwagon now, buddies. So, all right, guys. Um, Without any further ado, please visit MostlyHarmlessPodcast.com. We'll have links to where you can find all the American Sharks information. Um, like us on Facebook. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Hey, give us a little uh, review on iTunes, too, while you're, while, while you're there. Why not? doesn't hurt anybody except for me. hurts me when I don't get any, uh, any reviews, buddies. I don't know. I don't even know what I'm talking about. I'm still fucked up on DayQuil. All right, guys, we're going to go ahead and end this interview with another song off American Sharks' debut album. Uh, this one, they filmed a fantastic video. Um, it's a homage to Repo Man, the classic Emilio Estevez film from the 80s. And it's a fantastic video, and hopefully it will do for them what uh, music videos did for Red Fang. Again, thank you guys for hanging out and talking to me. Thanks for bringing me up into the uh, spiral backstage green room of the Ogden to hopefully have uh, you know, uh, done a better interview than I did with the Bouncing Souls 12 years ago. All right, guys, uh, without any further ado, this is Overdrive from American Sharks, American Sharks, out now on The End Records. We'll see you in the funny pages, guys.